Okay, good morning, everyone. Very, very warm welcome to today's daily pre-market trade plan live session, um, which is our opportunity to do our analysis and be as prepared as we possibly can for today's trading opportunities. Now, you, you are probably more than familiar with last week's AI rally. Um, terminology is important, whether you refer to it as a, as a, as a bubble, um, remains to be seen because it's about the long the long-term application of this ai concept which is pretty much just what's being priced in now is there an environment in which um this ai rally you know pushes the s p 500 to 5500 6000 6500 it's very very difficult to gauge and um, that's the first thing Secondly, we were positioned slightly offside last week, um, which is not, it's not a losing trade. It's having done your analysis and wanting to see a certain outcome if that market turns around and, um, you know, does the complete opposite, then it's an opportunity for you to reassess what you're looking to do and how you're looking to do it. But the important part in this equation, especially when markets don't go in your favor, is to make sure you've got strong control over your exposure um i not to go chasing any losses not to start taking reckless risks it's still about that next tradable opportunity which again is something that we're we're, we're advocates of every single day um it's about looking for that next high probability trade and um almost last week was a was a completely separate trading environment this week, there's a lot of data that we just need to be mindful of. So we'll break that down for you in a little bit more detail. Um, but this rally that we're seeing, um, let's just say that there's a few areas of concern with, with the rally. Um, not only are valuations at, you know, very expensive levels, and it's very difficult to buy something that's really expensive. Um, however, uh, it is the direction of travel, uh, which is important to be mindful of. Um, and with the data that's due out this week as well, there'll be a strong focus on the consumer in the US. Um, that, you know, there's three areas that are likely to impact, well, that will impact these markets very, you could probably include central banks into that. So central bank decision-making, of course, and what they say to markets is important. This AI rally has completely dominated what we heard from the Fed last week and with the FOMC meeting minutes, which was like, well, we're, we're, we're actually concerned um, about cutting rates and the impact that that could have on inflation. So they are saying the things that we all think. However, three main areas of concern. So talking about the consumer in the US is, is, is a really important player. And when we start seeing weakness there, um, that will, the markets will react accordingly. So things like inflation, job numbers, uh, and growth stats as well. Um, so those are the three big sort of components. And once we start seeing weakness in those areas, there could be a, well, we're anticipating there'll, there'll be a very significant shift in these financial markets. So um, just wanted to just give a bit of context, a bit of backdrop and things like that. So um, let's get into it, spend a bit more time on that than I would have liked. But um, please see a risk warning currently up on screen. Good morning, everyone. Great to have you with us. Hope you all had a good weekend. Um, excellent. Okay, so so in terms of uh, a quick introduction, all profitable traders need to consider, of course, which markets to trade, where do we enter and exit these markets, how do we manage risk, 
and trading psychology, all very important features. Um, last week's trading is a really good uh, good example of, of markets that um, where it's important to uh, to make sure you've got tight control over your exposure. So we we, we made those decisions on purpose. Uh, we're not shying away from them. If you if you get offside or you, if you see a market move that perhaps uh, you uh, you weren't fully anticipating, and I don't think many anticipated the 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 Nvidia results, which is a kind of a, a micro element in this overall market context to have such a, a massive profound impact on these markets. Um, and then uh, trade management, we haven't been able to do much trade management stuff because of the way that these markets have been kind of moving. So we, we never really had much opportunity to mitigate risk on any of our trades. You know, you get market conditions like this sometimes. So it, it's nothing to be um, too worried about. And it's this trade and psychology, you know, there's, there's a, there's a bit of fear and anxiety um, in, in two ways. First one, uh, the, the, the fear of missing out. This uh, this FOMO narrative, which means more capital is piling into these very expensive uh, equity markets. And we're seeing that globally. You've got also a situation in the UK, across Europe, uh, Germany, um, Japan, where their economies are in recession, but their equity markets are at all-time highs. Again, it's it's a it's a counterintuitive. It's a bit of a concerning sign, and the, the status quo is that 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 will eventually impact the U.S. That you know the global economy is going to bring down the U.S. to some degree. So it just depends to what degree. That's that's the key, and that's why the data is going to be really important moving forward. And that's why we're going to have a quick look at um, the data points for the week now, so that we we're geared up in terms of. If this starts to, to, to turn over, um, this is the likely outcome. And I mentioned there's a couple of areas of concern, and I'll I'll bring them up on screen in a second. So there's a, there's a few disconnects in these markets, and, and we have to explain these markets as we see them. And if there is a disconnect, we want to make it clear that you know, so that we know, so when it comes to decision-making, we are informed. Um, which is important. So we address these considerations every day in our live trade rooms, as you know, and we're strong advocates of being consistent in our approach. If we're chopping and changing all the time, it's very difficult, not just for you guys to keep track, but um, to, uh, to, to, to learn the skills that you need to learn, accurate with the levels we use, uh, discipline with our capital, and of course, be patient as well. Okay, so let's get in and have a look at this news event for the morning. Uh, good morning, everyone. Good to have you with us. So for this week, um, I suppose there's new home sales, which were quite positive. Um, sort of some of the economic data from last week was really quite positive. Some elements a little bit more negative. Um, the whole reason why these markets are rallying the way they are seems to be off the back of this AI narrative. And it's... It's... It's a... It, Let's say it's a narrative where there's a there's a bit of a, a strain of narrative that is having a, a hugely profound impact. The last time we saw um, this type of dynamic was in the dot com bubble. So are we in an AI bubble? We probably are. Um, we would suggest we probably are. Now, will it end the same? 
it probably will. Or let's say there will be a day of reckoning at some point. Not sure what the catalyst will be, uh, whether there's a, just a general overexposure, whether the actual application or the technology behind this AI is not as uh, earth-shattering as <clears throat> some would make it seem. So there's lots of different ways in which this AI bubble can can really be impacted adversely. But for now, it's it's like a steam train. And the thing is, there's the fear of missing out trade. So there's more and more capital piling into it. And what we're trying to do is to try to work out at what time will capital start to leave that, uh, that very sort of narrow band? At what point do all those valuations become actually far too expensive it's it's a it's a it's a it's a tough call it's a difficult one especially when you see the disconnects that i'll discuss now in just a second um in just in terms of news events for the remainder of the week um we got some, some consumer confidence data so 3 p.m tomorrow is is important we've got durable goods orders as well but um the big one really tomorrow would be consumer confidence so how confident are uh, the US consumer. And you can see we've come from uh, around the 100 mark and we're, we're showing progress to the upside. It looks like we're going to maintain that level of progress that we saw last time around. So these are up at relatively confident levels, all things considered. Um, we're expecting uh, a slight uptick in uh, Aussie um, inflation year on year. It's looking like it's just rolling off its lows. Now, the reason why that's a concern is because it's such a, do we get any more data than this? No, we don't. Um, it's such a, a major economy and we're seeing inflation tick higher. Now, last week we saw, I think it was Canadian inflation actually come in a little bit lower. So it's a bit of a distorted picture depending on the economy that you're talking about. But previously 3.4 coming in much lower than expected. Now, it, it, we're seeing a little bounce as we are in the US, we're seeing a little bit of a bounce in inflation. And this is the problem that the Fed are gonna have. If they don't, um, if if they start cutting rates, the, the risk of course is that inflation will reemerge. And um, that makes it a very, very difficult market then at that point. So, um, so, on Wednesday, we'll be hearing from the Obvious Z. So anyone trading the Aussie dollar expected to hold. That, that's the current position. And then we've got things like, so at the beginning, we mentioned things like the consumer is very, very important. Um, so inflation stats, um, unemployment numbers, and also, I mean, unemployment and wages are, are sort of hand in hand. But the third one is, is growth and GDP. And this is where this number comes in, and it's really quite important um, in terms of this is the prelim number for GDP quarter on quarter, and previously 3.3. So we're 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 kind of in that little three and a half percent zone quarter on quarter, which is still uh, a strong performing economy. So let's say that came in at 1.5 percent, for example, that would be an indication that actually things are worsening. Now, that will feed into the central bank narrative. However, it would be the first sign that actually unemployment's really low. In inflation is coming down, although it's bounced off the lows a little bit. And, you know, we're, we're beginning to see 
this high rate environment feed through the economy and start the slow growth the way they would have anticipated that growth would be slow because of rising rates. And in fact, the exact opposite has happened. So we've been pushing rates higher and we're up at five and a half percent in record time. And it's had uh, an accelerating effect on the economy. This is the problem. This is the disconnect that we wouldn't have anticipated. And I don't think, you know, most traders and investors would have invest would have um, would have anticipated that. <coughs> okay, so that's on Wednesday, and then there's just one last important news event that I just want to just draw your attention to, and it's this one here on Thursday. It's core PCE personal expenditure. Uh, personal consumption expenditure price index numbers. So we've got um, a bit of a, an uptick or a bit of a, again, a small rise in core PCE, which is, again, is not what the Fed want to see. These all have the potential to be catalysts for a bit of a, a bit of softening and um, strong. So what we have is a strong consumer. What we have is strong GDP numbers. And what we potentially have is ever so slightly stronger um, US inflation numbers. And um, which narrative would win out is, is the overall riding question. And then we've got uh, UOM uh, consumer sentiment numbers. Again, just looking at this stat, we're, 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 we're kind of, we were around 50, weren't we, about a year ago. Uh, we've rallied off those lows. Now we're around sort of 79, 80 level. So, from a, a, a consumer perspective, they're, they're pretty strong. So where does that leave us for these markets is the question. And I mentioned there was a disconnect. So if we look at the Aussie dollar, if you look at the positioning of, of gold, if you also look at the positioning in, in the euro dollar, um, we've had a little bit of a bounce back over the last week or a little bit of a pullback off the lows in all of these three markets. But we are still in this downward trend and that's the first thing that's offside because you would you would fully expect the indices to rally and the euro dollar aussie dollar and gold all to rally let's say significantly above just the pullback off the lows so so is that strength trade is that dollar strength trade still in play for us we think it is now that's a counterintuitive position that's a correlation that we we don't really like to see We'd like to see a nice, strong structural failure trade in the in the euro dollar, Aussie dollar, gold, and then we want to see this market rally. You know, with some conviction to the upside. We're not really seeing that. The last four days has been pathetic, really, to say the least. Um, as opposed to what we've seen in the equity markets, which is a really strong rally. So that's the first disconnect: is the disconnect between equity prices, which are risk on, and I suppose the the relative strength of the dollar, which would be classed as risk risk off. The second dilemma, uh, certainly off the lows at 4.22, but we have the two-year accelerating uh, up to new highs as well. So. We've got that 45 basis point differential now between the 10 year and the two years. So we talk about, you know, inverted markets and that's what these bond deals are telling us. And now that's beginning to increase again, which just 
just suggests to us that the the risk profile behind these now the AI rally or bubble or whatever you want to call it uh, suggests the exact opposite. So if you're looking at these financial markets and thinking, you know, a lot of this doesn't make a huge amount of sense, we would absolutely concur with that with that view, and um, we're okay with with rallies and bubbles, but we're waiting for the cracks to starting to appear. And we are tentative buyers. We, we were willing to eventually get into the S&P 500 to the upside. Very, very small trade. Not committing too much capital, but um, seeing if we will and, and, and how far is this rally is going to go because it's, it's, the, it's the trade of disbelief. It's the trade that might, you know, unfortunately we missed out on Thursday's massive move, but um, it's the trade of disbelief and it's still, it's still intact. So... We wonder how long will that last for? We're not too sure. All-time highs across the German economy, across the uh, Japanese economy, when growth is, is really, uh, in fact, where I think we're technically in recession. Um, and that's, the, that's the, the confusing backdrop to these markets. Again, if you're looking for signs of, of concern, it, it, it's there in front of us. This AI rally is completely and utterly dominating things. So again, we, we'll always revert back to the data and just allow that to guide us. And we've got some really strong data points uh, due out as well. So the problem with the equity markets, there's the potential for, for a rally to the upside plus the rollover to the downside. If we look at the dollar pairs, a lot of indecision, even, even in, uh, in the dollar yen, if you're getting in and out of this, you know, it's, it's a painful trade over the last week or so. Um, a lot of sideways moving price action in dollar Swiss. So we've been on the cautious side last week. We were slightly offside with the equity rally. Um, that's fine. We can, we can reconcile that. Um, uh, elsewhere, there's an awful lot of up and down um, which is not really that helpful. We're beginning to get a rollover in the Aussie dollar. We can sort of monitor that. Um, same situation. Look, this is the, well, it's slightly different position, but the Aussie dollar, strong pullback from the low, a lot of resistance around these moving averages, and now we're beginning to roll over to the downside in favor of the dollar. So is that the trade that we can begin to focus on? It may become that trade, but you kind of want to see a little bit more elsewhere. That first trade to move is, is, is not such a great trade to get into, as we know from the, from the gold trade from last week. The yen continuing to sell off. We're up at these elevated levels. Uh, um, what you'd be nervous about with, the, you know, with trading the yen would be a bit of BOJ intervention. We're up at elevated levels continually. So at some point, the, the BOJ might just intervene on that in that trade. So commodities, gold is just bouncing off the lows. So we've got that sort of um, I suppose you could look at that as risks in, in gold are, are sorry, if these markets are beginning to increase and there's a bit of capital coming to gold, but then you've got the risk on trade with the equity markets. So it's 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 a it's a it's a confusing backdrop. Um, after two, four, six, eight, ten, this is the twelfth day now. 
it looks like oil prices are finally beginning to roll back over to the downside. So, um, you know, there's quite a few of these markets that weren't really stacking up for us uh, last week. And let's see if they start to stack up for us a little bit more in a little bit more detail as things unfold. So look, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Um, thanks very much for joining us. In terms of our trade plan, um, I think it's fair that we, we, we're we really looking to keep our options open if we possibly can. Um, continuing strong risk on market conditions, do we want to really move, move for that dollar weakness? They're all pulled back from the downside. So it's it's a... So there's the potential for further risk on market conditions. I think that's fair. And I think as a result, we would just like to keep all options open today. So sometimes you, you've got opportunities to buy, sometimes you've got opportunities to sell, sometimes you've got opportunities to just sit and wait and be patient. And this seems like it's one of those. Um, so we would like to... Um, So it's it's remarkably straightforward. It's not overly complicated. Um, so today's trade plan, in terms of market summary, we've got the potential for further risk on market conditions. Um, however, uh, in terms of identifiable trade opportunities, we just want to keep all options open in today's trading because we could have that disconnect continue where the dollar begins to weaken, plus the, um, sorry, the, the dollar strengthens, but the equity markets strengthen. And normally you'd, you'd expect to have a, a negative correlation. But at the minute, they've got this cor positive correlation. Um, so look, I think we can keep options open. We can look to, to buy the equities. We could look to sell the equities. We could look to buy the dollar. We could look to sell the dollar. So keeping those options open wouldn't be, wouldn't be a bad idea. Uh, guys, um, apologies. I've just seen our screen. Um, We, we lost our screen there, so I'm not sure how long that had been the problem for. But um, let's post our trade plan into the chat box. And we'll let you guys go. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, yeah, new week. So let's see what opportunities. Maybe we can, we can capitalize on a couple of winning trades this week and we can start to, um, to get more of a kind of a foothold in these markets. The last couple of weeks have been really quite challenging, quite tough. Um, very little opportunity to try and mitigate risk on any trade. It's just been um, a lot of sideways moving markets, a lot of indecision there, a lot of contradictions. Um, and uh, yeah, it makes it for a challenging environment. But under these circumstances, bring down your risk, trade smaller size, larger stop losses. That That's really the, the overriding message really is um, absolutely we look for opportunities, but with, with the disconnects that are out there, are we want to be, you know, full throttle and very aggressive with these markets? Absolutely not. But we, we do want to um, edge ourselves into them. 
All right, then, guys. Um, in terms of narrative, it's very disrupted. It's really driven by this AI narrative, so you could refer to it as positive economic data, um, except the size of move is seems grossly outsized. But it goes back to how do you value something like AI and the, the application of AI in, in, in our modern society, and uh, how do you price it all in? Well, these markets are saying that we price it in very, very aggressively and buy all-time highs with a lot of conviction. Um, that's a difficult trade for, for most, especially us as day traders. So, um, okay, on that note, listen, thanks so much for joining us. Um, as always, any questions, feel free to look. Yeah, good morning, everyone. Good to have you with us. Thanks for joining us. If you are interested in learning how to trade the financial markets, you can uh, you can access one of our discounted live trading and education bundles on the website for just $59 per calendar month. So. If that would benefit you, we'd be delighted to have you join us. For more information, just go to livetrader.com and feel free to connect with us through our website if you need. Great stuff. On that note, guys, take care. We'll switch rooms now, so we'll see you uh, in the European um, mentorship room now in just a few seconds. Thanks so much, guys. Take care. Bye for now.